0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد بعد so we we'll begin today inshallah, ta'ala in the new book which is going to be an explanation of the conditions of La ilaha illallah. That is the testification of Tawheed, the testification of faith. La ilaha illallah. Just like the Prophet wasallam said to the mushrikeen, قولوا la ilaha illallah, tuflihu." Say La ilaha illallah and you will be successful. Because indeed this speech of la ilaha illallah, an individual, if he knows it, he knows its meaning, and he believes in it, and he acts upon it, then that is the saviour. That is the tawheed that we have been commanded to implement and follow. That is the tawheed that all of the prophets and messengers were sent with, just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us in the Qur'an. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا اللَّهَ That we sent to all of the nations a messenger preaching. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this tawheed. And stay well away from all of the false deities. So all of the prophets and messengers, they were sent with this word. They were sent with this speech. They were sent with this call. Which was the call to, ilaha illallah. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah So this is the basis of the religion This is the basis and the foundation of this religion To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Tawheed And that is what this particular book, it will explain It will explain what the conditions for this statement of La ilaha illallah are and that is a book written by Shaykh al Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah Ta'ala. And the explanation is done by Sheikh Ubaid ibn Abdullah ibn Sulaiman al Jabiri, Hafidah Ta'ala. In this book, which is entitled Taysirul Ilah, Bisharhi Adillati Shurut Ila ilaha illallah. So this is going to be an explanation of those conditions of this testification of La ilaha illallah. So we begin from the first condition. shurut La إله إلا الله, The conditions of لا إله إلا الله الشرط الأول The first condition قال رحمه الله تعالى la لا إله إلا الله, The author he said The conditions of La إله إلا الله. So what does this mean before we actually go into the first condition? What is a condition? What is a shart? So the shurut, the conditions, that is the plural of the word shart. Shart in the Arabic language indicates a sign. Indicates a sign and the plural of it is shurut or ashrat you probably hear sometimes ashratu saah the signs of the hour or shurut the conditions so this is the word in arabic wal huna and the meaning of it here in terms of this phrase the conditions of la ilaha illallah ma al mukallaf wal hatta These are the conditions i.e. these are the affairs that are obligatory, it's an absolute must for every individual who has responsibility upon him to practice this religion, to implement this religion and to follow the commandments, those individuals who have reached the age of puberty etc., they are of the age of responsibility then it is upon every individual of such nature to recognize and understand what these issues are that are related to the testification La ilaha illallah and how to act upon them in order that you can then be upon Tawheed outwardly and inwardly from the inside and from the outside that a person can be upon Tawheed from the inside and from the outside there are certain conditions or certain issues that a person needs to recognize when he says "La ilaha illallah." That is important because the munafiqin, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, those individuals who were outwardly demonstrating that they are upon Islam, but inwardly they were not. Outwardly, they were demonstrating that they are upon Islam. They would go and pray. They would even go out and do jihad. They would even go in the armies with the Prophet ﷺ. All under pretense. Outwardly, they would show Islam, but inwardly, they were not upon that tawheed. Inwardly, they were not upon tawheed. So here the Shaykh says, these are the conditions that you need to know so that you are upon tawheed. Inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly and outwardly, that you can practice this Tawheed properly. So, before we move into the first condition of this testification of La ilaha illallah, it is important to understand what this Tawheed actually is. This is the Tawheed that we are now saying you need to implement inwardly and outwardly, and you need to know these conditions to be able to do that. But what is this Tawheed? So firstly we need to explain that in a brief manner what this Tawheed is that we are speaking of. Because if you understand that, then you will recognize why it is so important to know the conditions of this La Ilaha Illallah in order for you to implement that Tawheed properly inwardly and outwardly. So Tawheed it comes from the Arabic word waḥada Yuwahidu Tawheeda you wahidu to make something one, to make something one and single and unique. That's what Tawheed means, to make something one and single and unique. That is what this religion is based upon. That is what the foundation and the principle of this religion is, to worship Allah upon that oneness, upon that Tawheed, that uniqueness, that oneness. But the question is, how do you make the oneness of something? How do you make the uniqueness of something? So the scholars have said, in order to make the oneness and the uniqueness of something, then you require two pillars. There are two aspects that are needed for you to be able to make Tawheed. One of them is affirmation, and the other one is negation al-ithbat wal-nafi affirmation and negation what do we mean by that we'll give the example the famous example that shaykh muhammad bin salih al ithameen rahimahullah ta'ala he gave he said if we were to say that there are a group of people in a room and then we were to say that muhammad who is one of those people in that room, Muhammad is standing up. If I was to make that comment or that statement, that Muhammad is standing up. So how many people are standing up in the room now? How many people are standing up? One. Why would you say one? Because I just said Muhammad is standing up. What about Umar and Khalid? What are they doing? How do you know they're sitting down? I didn't say he was the only one standing up. (laughs) Now you're making things up yourself. (laughs) I didn't say Muhammad is the only one standing up. I said Muhammad is standing up. I didn't say anything about Khalid and Umar. I didn't say anything about them. So is it not possible that they could be standing up too? They could be stood up too? I didn't say anything about them. All I said was Muhammad is standing up. Maybe everybody else in the room is standing up too. Maybe. I didn't say anything about anyone else. So all I've done there is given you an affirmation. I have affirmed something. I have told you that something is true. And that is that Muhammad is standing up. So you have an affirmation. You have an affirmation. It is proven, it is affirmed that Muhammad is standing up. That's an affirmation. But that hasn't made the oneness of Muhammad. He's not the only one standing up, because then I could turn around and say, actually, Khalid and Umar, they're standing up as well. So now there's more people stood up as well. But I didn't lie. When I said Muhammad is standing up, that's not a lie. I didn't say anything about the other people. They could be stood up too. For me to make Tawheed, to make the oneness and the uniqueness of Muhammad standing up by himself, then I need to give you the second part, which is the negation which is the negation. So I need to say to you, Muhammad is standing up, and no one else is standing up. Now if I ask you how many people are stood up, you can say for definite one. Now you can say it. Because now you have both parts. You have the affirmation that Muhammad is standing up, and there's only one person by the name of Muhammad in that room. And you have the negation that no one else is standing up, therefore that leaves only Muhammad standing up with the affirmation and the negation. But if I only give you one of those two parts, then there's no tawheed. If I only say to you affirmation, Muhammad is standing up, that doesn't prove that he's the only one. There could be another 20 people stood up as well. Or if I gave you the negation only, and I said to you, nobody is standing up. So now where's the tawhid? It doesn't exist. There's nobody standing up. So now for me to make the uniqueness of one person, I need to give you the affirmation and the negation. That's clear, huh? This is what La ilaha illallah is based upon. La ilaha illallah. This tawheed is based upon affirmation and negation. That's how you make tawheed. That's how you make the singleness and the oneness and the uniqueness of Allah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Illallah, except Allah. So the first part is what? Affirmation or negation? There is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Negation. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Negation. It's like me saying, There's no one stood up in the room. Negation. But then I say, Except Muhammad. That part is the affirmation. Here we say, accept Allah. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Negation, affirmation. Just like if I said to you, there is no one stood up in the room except Muhammad. So, he's the only one stood up now, one person with the name of Muhammad in that room. This is what La ilaha illallah is based upon. And that's why, if you look in the ayat of the Quran, you look through the ayat of the Quran that speak about Tawheed, then you will find that they are all based upon this affirmation and negation. Even the ayah that we quoted earlier on regarding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the prophets and the messengers, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي kulli أُمَّةٍ That we sent to every nation a messenger. And then what's the next part? أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهُ ithbat Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What's that? Affirmation But if I only said you worship Allah That's it, affirm that part Then it's possible you could worship Allah And at the same time be worshipping Others besides Allah So affirmation isn't enough But then Allah said "Wajtani And Stay away from the false deities. Worship Allah and abandon the false deities. So now you have affirmation and negation. So the prophets and messengers, they came with that message. Worship Allah and abandon the false deities. Affirmation, affirmation of the worship to Allah and negation of all of the false deities besides Allah. Similarly, the prophets and messengers, they used to say to their people, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, Ya qawmi, عَبُودُ min ilahin Allah said in the Quran that they used to say to their people, "O oh people, worship Allah." Ya ibudullah. O people, worship Allah. Affirmation, worship Allah. But then, min ilahin You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. That is negation. Affirmation, negation, and like that. If you go through the ayat of the Quran, you will see that they are based upon that manner. The ayat of tawhid are based upon that manner of affirmation and negation. So then we understand what the tawhid is about now. tawhid is to make something single and unique and one. How do you make something single and unique and one? By doing the affirmation and the negation. That makes something single and unique and one. How do you make Allah then, single and unique in one? In what aspects? In what aspects, in what regards do you make Allah, this Tawheed for Allah? So the scholars have mentioned, generally speaking, that there are those three aspects. That's the easiest way to understand it, as the scholars, many of them, they explain the three aspects of Tawheed. The Tawheed of Ar-Rububiyyah, to single out Allah and to make him unique, in His Lordship, in His Rububiyyah. And that is to make Allah single and unique, i.e. to do the affirmation and negation, with regards to those actions that are specific to Allah. There are certain actions, certain things that only Allah can do. So you affirm that Allah does those things, and you negate that anyone else can do those things. Affirmation negation. For example, giving life and death. So you affirm this action to Allah. Allah gives life and death. And you negate it from everyone else. No one else can give life and death. You affirm that Allah created the heavens and the earth. That action is affirmed to Allah. And it is negated from everyone else. No one else can create the heavens and the earth or participate in that. You affirm that Allah gives the uh, provisions. Allah gives the provisions and the sustenance and sends down the rain and brings out the vegetation. You affirm that action to Allah and you negate it from any other deity. Affirmation, negation. You affirm that Allah controls all of the universe and you negate that anyone else can do any of that. Affirmation that this action is specific to Allah, negation that anyone else can do it. That is rububiyah. Those actions that are specific to only Allah being able to do them, you affirm them to Allah, you negate them from anyone else. That is Tawheed Al-Rububiyyah in a nutshell. To make the oneness of Allah with His actions. al uluhiyah is to make the oneness of Allah, to make the Tawheed of Allah upon affirmation and negation with regards to our actions. Which is what? Worship. Our actions are the worship. The ibadah that we do, whether it is worship in your heart, there are certain types of worship that you do to Allah which are in your heart. Love, fear, hope, trust, dependence, reliance. All of these are in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are certain types of worship you do upon your tongue. Supplication, remembrance, recitation of the Qur'an. Kalimatani habibatani illa rahman As the hadith says, two words which are beloved to Allah. Thaqilatani fil-mizan. They are heavy in the weighing scales on the Day of Judgment. They are... That's it. So these are supplications. These are du'as. These are recitations of the Quran. Acts of worship upon your tongue. Similarly, acts of worship upon your limbs. Even the prayer is a physical act of worship, a part of it. Hajj, a physical part of, a physical act of worship. There are physical acts of worship that you do. So all of this ibadah, you affirm that it is for the sake of Allah, you are doing it for Allah, and you negate that you're doing it for anyone else. Don't be doing it to show off, because then you'll be doing it for other people. Don't be doing it for the sake of money, or for position, or rank, and status. But rather, you do all of that ibadah, all of that worship to Allah alone, negate it from anyone else. You're not doing it for anyone else. That is tawhid al-uluhiyya. To make the tawhid of Allah... Through affirming your own actions are for Allah and they are not for anyone else. tawheed al-uluhiyya. That is tawheed al Then you have Tawhid al-Asma wa sifat, the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has names and attributes, as Allah mentioned in the Quran. وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ فَادْعُوهُ بِهَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the most beautiful of names, so call upon Him via them. And in another ayah Allah says, هَلْ تَعْلَمُ لَهُ samiyya? Do you know anyone else who is a namesake to Allah? Do you know anyone else who has names such as Allah? Anyone participating with Allah? Of course not. So these names and attributes are the most perfect and beautiful of names and attributes. And they are the names and attributes of Allah. And they are free of any type of deficiency. They are perfect and complete. And so we make the uniqueness and the tawhid of Allah with regards to those names and attributes. And we don't affirm them to others besides Allah. We affirm them to Allah, we negate them from others. Unlike the mushrikeen who did not used to do that. To a degree, some of the Mushrikeen didn't do that, because it is mentioned that the Mushrikeen used to reject the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman. Some of the Mushrikeen used to reject this name, Ar-Rahman. And some of the other acts that the Mushrikeen did were in opposition to this Tawheed. They did Ilhad as it is known, a type of distortion with the names and attributes of Allah. How? Because they took the names and attributes of Allah and they distorted them and they changed them and they gave them to their statues and their idols and their deities. So for example, Allah, this name, they changed it to the female version, Allah, and they gave it to one of their idols, lot. Similarly, Al-Aziz. They gave the female version al-Uzza to one of their idols. Al-Mannan, they gave the female version of that, al-Manat, to one of their idols. So they changed and they distorted the names of Allah and they gave them to their idols. But we affirm the Tawheed of Allah, that oneness and uniqueness in the most perfect and beautiful of names of Allah and the attributes of Allah. That is Tawheed in a nutshell. That is very briefly what this Tawheed is referring to. What this Kalima, La ilaha illallah, is speaking about. That is the oneness and the Tawheed of Allah that the religion is based upon. So now, having understood that, we'll go into the first condition that is mentioned here for understanding and implementing and acting upon La ilaha illallah. Because you must understand, La ilaha illallah isn't just something you say. It is something you say, but it is something you believe in, have aqeedah in. And it is something that you practice and implement. You must practice it and implement it and believe in it and say it. It is not just to say it. It is not just to say La ilaha illallah. If it was just to say La ilaha illallah, then the munafiqeen are Muslims too in that case. They used to say La ilaha illallah. It is not just about saying it. It is about believing in it and acting upon it. So now we come to the first condition, ashartul awwal, al ilm bimanaha nafyan wa Knowledge in terms of the affirmation and the negation. The first aspect is knowledge. To have knowledge of this shahada, to have knowledge of this testification, the knowledge. The first condition is knowledge. The evidence for that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah Muhammad ayah number 19. فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إلا الله. Allah said in the Quran very clearly, Have knowledge, know. Know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. فَاعْلَمْ Have knowledge and know about this that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So that is a clear evidence from the Qur'an, that you must have knowledge of this affair. You must have knowledge of the testification of La ilaha illallah. Knowledge behind it. Not just saying it without any understanding. Fa'lam, have knowledge, No. Annahu la ilaha illallah. That indeed there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. Similarly, in Surat Zukhruf, Ayah number eighty six, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said Illa Man Shahida وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Except for those who testify to the truth and they have knowledge they know. They testify to the truth and they have knowledge and they know. What is the truth? that Allah is speaking about in this ayah, that they testify to the truth, and they have knowledge. What is the truth? La ilaha illallah. It is the shahada. That they testify to the shahada, they testify to that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, وهم يَعْلَمُونَ And they have knowledge of that. They have understanding of that. Meaning, in their hearts. Shaykh Ubaid says, وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ اَيْ بِقُلُوبِهِمْ مَا نَطَقُوا بِهِ They have knowledge of it in their hearts. In their hearts, they have understanding and they have knowledge of what they have said upon their tongues. They know in their hearts the knowledge and the understanding of what they are saying upon their tongue when they say, La ilaha illallah. Not that they say it ignorantly. Without understanding it But rather they say it And they have knowledge in their hearts Of what they are saying Similarly We have a hadith From the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Which is an authentic hadith In Sahih Muslim And in the musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad The hadith of Uthman Ibn Affan Radiallahu anhu Qal Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man maata wa huwa y'alamu anna la ilaha illallahu dakhala al-jannah. In this hadith, Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu, the third khalifa from the four khulafa al-rashideen, the third, in terms of the Khilafah and in terms of his virtue, Uthman anhu, the one who prepared the army for the Muslims in the Battle of Tabuk, and he prepared 300 camels with all of the provisions that go with them. So he was from the companions who strove in this religion. He narrates in this hadith that the Prophet wasallam said, Whoever dies... Man mata, whoever dies, wa alamu, and he knows, whoever dies and he knows, he has knowledge of anhu la ilaha illallah, that indeed there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. al aljannah, then he will enter paradise. Whoever dies and he knows and has knowledge of la ilaha illallah, then he will enter paradise. The meaning of that is not simply just to know it and that's it. The murji'ah, those individuals who went astray, they use these types of narrations to prove their misguidance. So they say the narration says whoever dies and he knows the meaning of la ilaha illallah, he will enter paradise. They say therefore as long as you know the meaning of la ilaha illallah and you don't do any actions, there's no problem in that. They say, even if you don't do any actions, this is sufficient. And that's not the meaning. The meaning isn't that you can then just relax and not do any actions. But the meaning is that the la ilaha illallah in of itself, you do know it and you have understanding of it. And then of course you do your actions also. Then it also says that this knowledge, it must be based upon affirmation and negation. أشيخ عبيد حفظه الله says يتضمن شطرها الأول نفي العبادة عما سوى الله عز وجل كما يتضمن شطرها الثاني إثباتها له سبحانه وتعالى فكما أن الحق جل على لا شريك له في ملكه وخلق وخلقه وتدبيره فإنه لا شريك له في عبادته. The affirmation and negation that we already briefly spoke about that the first part of the testification it is a negation of all worship to anyone besides Allah la ilaha there is no deity worthy of worship in truth it is a negation of all worship to any other deity illa Allah and the second aspect is the affirmation that it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just like Allah is single and unique in His actions as we just said, in Him creating the heavens and the earth, in controlling all of that affair, in giving life and death, in bringing the provisions and the rain and the vegetation, Allah is single and unique in all of those actions, then similarly, Allah needs to be made single and unique with our worship to Him. Just as Al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, this worship al إِسْمٌ ismun لِكُلِّ مَا يُحِبُّهُ ma وَيَرْضَاهُ wa الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَفْعَالِ al-aqwal, wal-afal, al wal-baatina. Now, this worship, it is a word, it is a term, a comprehensive term, which encompasses all of your actions and your statements. Uh, Or rather, a comprehensive term that encompasses all of that which Allah loves and is pleased with. A comprehensive term that includes everything Allah loves and is pleased with from your actions and your statements, inwardly and outwardly. All of that is worship that Allah loves and is pleased with uh, in accordance to how it has been narrated to us in the revelation, as we mentioned before. Because indeed righteous actions are those... That are done in accordance to the revelation, in accordance to the Sunnah, in accordance to the Quran and with sincerity. So that's what the meaning of affirmation and negation it is. That there is affirmation within that and there is negation within that, and that's how you make the tawheed, as we mentioned. The Shaykh then goes on to explain. <laughs> This is what Allah sent all of the Prophets and the Messengers with, and their da'wah was united upon it. The da'wah of the Prophets and the Messengers, their call, was united upon this fact, which is the affirmation and the negation of the Tawheed that we explained. Because Allah mentioned in the Quran, in Surah Al-Anbiya, ayah number 25, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِن قَبْلِكَ مِن رَسُولٍ إِلَّا إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فعبدون. Allah said indeed we did not send any messenger before you from the messengers except that we revealed to him أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فعبدون. Except that we revealed to them that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except I, except Allah so, worship me, worship Allah. Allah tells us that clearly in the Quran, there was not a single messenger that was sent before you, i.e., before Muhammad, except that they were given that same message. Worship Allah, or rather, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and therefore, worship Allah and do not worship any other deity. Similarly, the ayah that we mentioned from Surah Al A'raf. Uh, number 59 يا قوم عبد الله ما لكم من إله غيره. Oh people worship Allah. You do not have any other deity. Affirmation, negation. Similarly in سورة النحل as we said ولا قد بعثنا في كل أمة الرسولا أن يعبدوا الله وشتنى بالطاعود. We sent to all of the nations a messenger preaching worship Allah. Affirmation. وشتنى بالطاعود. Stay away from the false deities. Negation. Similarly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained how this affirmation and negation of Tawheed, it existed throughout the ages, throughout all of the prophets and messengers. Their da'wah was the same, including Ibrahim alayhi salam. So there is an example from Ibrahim alayhi salam with this affirmation and negation of Tawheed within it. Allah mentioned in Surah al zukhruf ayah number 26 to 28, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّنِي بَرَآءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ When Ibrahim said to his father and his people, when Ibrahim salam, Khalilullah, Abu al the most beloved to Allah, the father of the prophets, the greatest prophet after the Prophet Muhammad s.a.w. When he said to his father and his people, as Allah told us in the Qur'an, when Ibrahim said to his father and his people, Indeed, I am innocent of that which you worship. I am innocent of that which you worship. إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي فَإِنَّهُ سيهدين. So this first part, I am innocent of that which you worship is a negation. negation. I am innocent of what you worship. I do not worship that which you worship. لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ I do not worship that which you worship. But then Ibrahim Salam Allah tells us, He says, إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي فَإِنَّهُ سيهدين. Except for the one who فطرني, I created me, for indeed he will guide me. Except for the one who created me, he will guide me. That is the affirmation of the worship to Allah. Negation of worship to all the idols they were worshipping. Affirmation that the worship is only for Allah. Uh, and then it carries on, وَجَعَلَهَا كَلِمَةً بَاقِيَةً فِي عَقِبِهِ لَعَلَّهُم يرجعون. And that was something which remained within his descendants in order that they may return. Similarly, Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Isra another example, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has decreed that you do not worship except Him. Do not worship negation. Accept Him affirmation. Similarly, in another place in Surah An Nisa, "Wa'abdul Allah wa la bihi shay'a." Worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and do not commit any shirk. Affirmation, negation. So then the Sheikh says, a Sheikh Abid, حفظه فهذه الايات وما في معناها من الكتاب الكريم صريحه او صريحة الدلالة على ان الانبياء والمرسلين جميعا دعوا قومهم الى تحقيق معنى لا اله الا الله انه لا معبود بحق الا الله The Shaykh says that these ayats that we have now narrated and other ayats which have a similar meaning they are all proof clear proof That all of the prophets and the messengers they called their people to actualizing, to implementing, to understanding, to practicing La ilaha illallah. That's what they all called to. From Nuh to Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Isa also. Do not be confused by the society and what they may explain that Jesus, Isa. He was a trinity or one of the three, the son, the father, the ghost, etc. All of that is falsehood. It is not what Isa taught. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to Isa alayhi salam as it is mentioned in the Qur'an, Did you say to the people, take me and my mother Mary, Maryam, as two gods besides Allah? So Isa alayhi salam say, Subhanaka, may you be far removed from this deficiency. I could not say that which I do not have the right to say. I would not say that which I do not have the right to say. And Isa alayhi he did not come to say that. Rather, he came with the message of tawheed to his people. He came with the message of tawheed. But as the scholars have mentioned, it was the individual known as Saint Paul. Who initially came with this idea of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the Ghost, etc. He was the one who came with this idea, and this was then infiltrated into that religion, and those people then began to distort unto this Trinity. Whereas Isa did not ever come with that. And Isa was not crucified as they claim. He was not crucified. That was another individual whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Placed the appearance of Isa upon him. So they looked at him and they thought this is Isa because of the resemblance. So they took him and they crucified him and it was not Isa. Isa was raised up by Allah and that's why Allah said, qataluhu salabuhu lahum. They didn't kill him, they didn't uh, crucify him, but instead a resemblance was given. A tsunayah in the Quran, negating the crucifixion. So be aware of this. All of the Prophets and the Messengers, they came with the message of Tawheed. They did not come with anything other than that. Al-Imam Ibn Sa'di, he mentions, Al-Ilim la budda feehi min iqraril qalb wa ma'arifatihi bima'ana ma tuliba minhu o ma talaba minhu He says that knowledge... It is a must with any type of knowledge that there is acknowledgement of the heart to it and an understanding of the heart to what this knowledge requires of that person. Any type of knowledge la Any type of knowledge, this knowledge it is a must that the heart acknowledges that and understands what this knowledge is requiring from him. So here in this instance the person must understand and acknowledge what this La ilaha illallah is requiring of him. And this is the key point. The people they say La ilaha illallah. The people they say we're believers, we're Muslims, we're upon La ilaha illallah. But do their hearts understand and acknowledge what is required of them from that La ilaha illallah. So they say, we say la ilaha illallah. And yet they still go and make tawaf around graves. They say, we say la ilaha illallah. And yet they go to these individuals who they call the peer or the awliya. And they go and prostrate to them and they give them money and they wipe them and they make the du'a to them. They say, we say la ilaha illallah. And they go and slaughter to people in the graves. This is what this is, uh, uh, this is meant here. What is meant here? That the n- heart must have acknowledgement and knowledge of what this statement is requiring from him. And that is, يعمل muqtadahu That the person from understanding what the La ilaha illallah requires of him, then acts upon that. العلم الذي أمر الله به And this is the knowledge that Allah has commanded you with. Knowledge which causes you to understand what is required of you from the La ilaha illallah. وَهُوَ الْعِلْمُ بِتَوْحِيدِ That is the knowledge of the Tawheed of Allah as we explained briefly. فرض uh, That is something obligatory upon every individual. To have knowledge of this Tawheed. That is obligatory upon every individual. لَا يَسْقُطُ عَنْ أَحَدٍ It cannot be removed, this obligation from anyone. مَنْ Whoever that might be. إِلَىٰ ذَلِكُ Rather every individual is compelled, he has no choice, but to learn this tawheed and to be upon it. وَالطَّرِيقُ إِلَىٰ الْعِلْمُ بِأَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ أُمُورُ So how then does a person gain knowledge of this لا إِلَهَ إِلَّا This is what we're saying, the first condition is knowledge. How does a person gain knowledge? Shaykh Ubaid mentioned some points here now. One of them, tadabburu Asma'ihi wasifatihi. Pondering and contemplating and thinking about the names and attributes of Allah. Al-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Al-Aziz, Al-Hakim, Al-Alim. What do all of these names mean? They all have meanings. The names of Allah all have meanings, they are not just names, they have meanings to them. So what do they mean, these names of Allah? Allah has attributes. Allah mentioned about himself certain things Like he descends in the last third of the night To the closest part of the earth And then he says make dua to me I will answer the dua These things a person needs to think about them And concentrate on them And contemplate on them That's the first thing the shaykh mentions To gain this knowledge of the reality of La ilaha illallah You need to have knowledge of the reality of The names and attributes of Allah In terms of the knowledge that we've been given, of course, the details and the descriptions, etc., we don't know. But the knowledge that we've been given, which is little, as Allah said, You've not been given from knowledge except a small amount. But that amount of the names and attributes that we ponder and concentrate on them and we learn them. And we ponder and concentrate on the actions of Allah that. Indicate the, perf- the perfect and complete nature of Allah. Concentrate and ponder over the actions of Allah that indicate the complete and perfect nature of Allah. وَعَظَمَتِهِ And His greatness. وَجَلَالِهِ And His might and power and majesty. فَإِنَّهَا تُوْجِبُ الْجُهْدِ فِي التَّأَلُّهُ له Because if a person understood that, he understood the greatness of Allah, the might, the majesty of Allah, he understands the perfection of Allah, understands the names and attributes of Allah, then all of that will cause a person, it will obligate upon that person to then expend effort, to then put in effort, and to strive in worshipping Allah. That is why Allah said in the Qur'an, Allah min Ibadihi al-ulama." That indeed the ones who truly fear Allah from His creation are the scholars. Why? Because of that, what we have just said. They are the ones who have understanding of the names and attributes of Allah, of the actions of Allah, of His greatness, of His might, of His power, of His majesty. So when they understood all of that, it caused them to increase in their worship of Allah, and to make that sincere to Allah, and to be more fearful of Allah. That is the first point, to concentrate and to learn those affairs. Secondly, to understand, العلم بأنه تعالى المنفرد بالخلق والتدبير That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is single and unique in His control of the affairs of this earth and in His creation of all of the affairs Because if an individual understands that Allah is single and unique in the creation of the heavens and the universe Allah is single and unique in the giving of life and death. Allah is single and unique in providing the provisions. If a person understands all of that, then surely he understands that his worship therefore needs to be directed only to Allah. How can you say that I agree Allah is the one who gives life and death? Only Allah does that. Allah is the only one who created the heavens and the earth. Allah is the only one who controls everything, but I'm going to worship something else that doesn't do any of that. Doesn't make any sense. And this is why Allah mentioned the Rububiyyah in the Qur'an so much. There are many places in the Qur'an where the Rububiya is mentioned. The lordship of Allah as we mentioned, those actions that are specific to Allah. A person might say, why? The mushrikeen used to agree to that. The mushrikeen used to agree to the tawheed of Allah in his actions. They used to say, we agree, it's not our deities who created the heavens and the earth, it's Allah. They used to say, we agree, it's not our deities who give life and death, it's Allah. They used to agree to that. So why did Allah mention it in the Quran if they already agreed to it? Because by mentioning that and by understanding it and knowing it, it then necessitates that you should be worshipping Allah alone. How can you say you agree to all of that and you believe in all of that, that Allah is the only one who creates and gives life and death and everything, but then you say, I'm going to go and worship something that doesn't do any of that. Does it make any sense at all? If you agree to that and believe in that, it necessitates that you then have to worship Allah. That's why Allah mentioned it in the Quran. That's the second thing the Shaykh says you ponder over. Ponder over how Allah is the creator of all of these affairs. The creator of all of this universe. The big, the small, the movements, the sound, everything. And when a person ponders over that, he recognizes. When he sees all of these signs of Allah, he recognizes his worship is to be directed to Allah. And that causes you to understand La ilaha illallah better too. Because the purpose of it is an uluhiyah, to single out your worship to Allah alone. The third aspect uh, Al ilm be anna hul munfaridu bin naam bin naam, a vahira ul baatnina, a diniya wa dunyawiya, fa inna vahilika yujibu ta'alluk il qalb, bihi wa mahabbatihi wa ta'alluhlahu wa adahulash ali kala. The third aspect is about the blessings of Allah. That a person recognizes that all of the blessings, then they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and not from any other deity or any other individual. They are all false deities, the other deities. All of these blessings are from Allah alone. That is the third point. But inshallah, it requires more detail. We'll continue with it from next lesson. From that third point of the blessings of Allah. From that point insha'Allah ta'ala will continue from next week. And for now we'll conclude upon that introduction. So everybody revise and go over that. So it is understood and bit by bit we'll go through this book in this way. So that a person when he finishes he has understanding of the conditions of la ilaha illallah. He has understanding of what this means la ilaha illallah. What it means that he needs to do. What it requires of him. So insha'Allah ta'ala. Make dua that Allah makes it easy for you to study and to learn and aids you in this process. And we'll continue from next week inshaAllah ta'ala.